Welcome to Clean Tech Talk with Portland Media, where we discuss the latest news in clean cars, clean energy, and clean technology. I'm Chris DeMauro, editor of Gas2.org. And I'm Zachary Shahan, director of cleantechnica.com and evobsession.com. Today we're talking another tantalizing tweet from Elon Musk, of course. Uh, the Dubai police getting a BMW i8, of course. Audi looking to electrify all of its models or a model in every series and Tesla quietly unveiling a certified pre-owned program. Let's start off with the tweet. I'll let you go first, Chris. I mean, Elon Musk, he's he's basically the master of the soundbite in the Twitter sphere. Like the guy knows how to write a headline. And in his latest tweet, he promises to end range anxiety with an over-the-air update to the Model S. Now, I mean, if that's not just a bullish statement, I don't know what is, because as Zach knows, you know, range anxiety is one of those things that keeps people from buying electric vehicles, even though most electric vehicles have enough range for the average person to get by day to day. Yeah, one of my favorite stories was one that we we posted from from someone, a reader, who termed it range anxiety anxiety most people have anxiety that they're going to have range anxiety <laughs> because before they actually are driving you know uh so they often find out that they, it's not such an issue but in any case there are times when 80 miles or even 200 miles is not enough for the road trip you want to make but you know for the most part i mean the model s Especially with the superchargers they have in place, it's not it's not an issue, you know, <laughs> like ninety or ninety nine percent of the time. So, for me, the really the really interesting thing here is like, what are they going to do that's so special that it's going to be a bigger deal than than the two hundred, you know, that it's going to add on to the two hundred well, miles range that these cars have. I have a few ideas on that actually. Um, I think the most obvious thing that they're going to that Tesla could do is update the navigation software and the uh, range estimator to be more accurate and to also give you an idea of if you go, if say if I'm going to the grocery store 20 miles away, perhaps this update will be like, you will have X amount of miles remaining on your car after you've gone. And it won't just take into the distance into account, but elevation, uh, ambient temperature, traffic, things like that, that all affect the range of an electric car. So if Musk can give Tesla drivers a more accurate idea of how much range they truly have, I think that could be how he quote unquote ends range anxiety. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, if you can pinpoint exactly how 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 much you have left and how, how far it is to a charger, you know, <laughs> I'm going to make it or I'm not, you know, uh, and you, you can plan it so that you make it. Um, that's one good possibility. Uh, James, are uh, one of our writers on Clean Technica. He went through, I don't know if he went through all 47 pages, but there's a long discussion about this on the Tesla Motors Club forum now, and he went through a lot of the pages to come up with some possibilities. Um, some of the possibilities, you know, listed obviously more fanciful than others, uh, like Tesla partnering with BMW to unify high speed charging networks. Not so sure about that. Uh, a plug share app, etc. I, I don't know. One of the intriguing ideas was, I'll, I'm, I'm going to read a little bit of quote here uh, from Todd Birch, who says, hypermilers often pulse their engines to stress range, uh, apply a pulse input of power, then shut the engine off. Uh, so a similar thing happens with our computers nowadays, where they 
are sleeping in the background when they are not needed. And the idea was that maybe uh, with the software update, um, Tesla's batteries or something can sleep more uh, while you're driving and leave you with more range. So really expand the range without changing too much uh, hardware. I don't think it's going to have anything to do with actually extending the range of the car. I really don't because there's only so much energy. You know, even if you get 20% more out of the, the 85 kilowatt hour battery pack, you're still only going an extra 40, 50 miles. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I just don't. It's got to be a software thing. It's an over-the-air update. Do you know what I mean? I don't have, think it has anything to do with the battery pack. I think it's got to yeah, have, you know. I think this would be a software thing controlling when the battery is used more. The things we know, we know it's going to affect all the Model S fleet. We know it's over-the-air software update. Uh, you know, what that update is going to do, if it's going to somehow extend range, if it's going to do a better job of telling people how much range they actually have. It's really unclear, and I, I mean, I think the story with Elon Musk often is either he's thought up something, or they've been working on something that's just totally awesome that nobody thought about, or sometimes he sort of hypes things, and when the news is out that it's not like actually a big difference, then you know the stock drops. <laughs> so we, we don't know yet if it's really a huge deal that nobody can think of or that you know maybe some people are thinking of but it's not widely accepted or if it's just um sort of a pedantic thing uh but anyway let's move on to the bmw i8 another super fast car uh, this one doesn't have to worry about range because it's got a gas tank what can you tell us about the hottest news on the bmw i8 well okay so uh, as many of our listeners are probably familiar with, the, the, the United Arab Emirates has a city-state called Dubai. And in Dubai, they have a lot of money. And they have a lot of supercars. And they have so many supercars that the police force has actually had to upgrade its police fleet with supercars of their own. And I'm not just talking about Corvettes or Mustangs. I'm talking about Ferraris, Lamborghinis. There's a $2 million Bugatti Veyron. And this is the fastest police fleet in the world, bar none. And their most recent addition was a BMW i8, which, unless I'm mistaken, is actually their first hybrid as well. So, what we have here is a $136,000 hybrid supercar policing the streets of Dubai. And, I mean, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't have much to add. I was shocked at the news. I didn't realize Dubai had such a, uh, such a crazy fleet. I mean... I've been to Abu Dhabi four times now, I think, and you, it's crazy the cars you see in in the UAE. Um, they just, yeah, they've got to have more supercars per cap per capita or per car than anywhere anywhere in the world, probably, or or just about. Uh, so it makes sense when you think about it. Oh, the police need some supercars of their own in case you know some rich jackass decides to, you know, try to break the law. But yep. still, it's just like jaw-dropping the the cars they have in their fleet and it's, it's good to see that they're adding a plug-in hybrid um the i8 doesn't have a great deal of electric only range but you know uh it's an awesome plug-in car so it's great to see it getting getting some love too yeah and i think this is just the start of it you know uh dubai is a weird city state or wherever you want to define it because they really um they're talking about banning poor people from driving do you know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. They actually from want owning to, a car. From owning a car. Well, yeah, and driving. You know what I mean? Like, from being able to, like, 
have your own car. They want to make it so expensive. And yet here's a nation that depends almost entirely on oil wealth. So I don't know. Well, I mean, it's uh, I think in the UAE, it's something like 80 to 90 percent of the population are foreigners. So what they have is they have they have great you know benefits, whatever, for for the citizens, actual citizens, and for some of the foreigners, you you get, I mean, you get a really good, well-paying job. But then they also have a lot of service workers from poor countries who are working crazy hours, who are doing, you know, waiting on on everyone else like hand and foot. And I mean, they treat you like you're a king or something when you're there. Like the people at the hotel, the taxi drivers, whatever. But like all the taxi drivers are from other countries, you know. So they, they bring them from Uganda, from Pakistan, from India. So, I mean, for sure they're going to keep driving, but uh, that's pretty messed up that they would not be allowed to own a car. Then they basically, if they're going to be there, they have to be either rich enough to be driven around or just driving people around all day in other people's cars and not really making much money from it. Basically... The police will be driving around in $100,000 vehicles and the, the janitors will be walking to work or ideally taking the public transit that Dubai promises they're going to build, but I'm not counting on it. But spe- speaking of German cars and uh, electrification, Audi is actually talking, has been talking for a while now, saying that they want to offer plug-in hybrid versions of basically every vehicle they make. And it looks like they're actually going, they're serious about it. They're going to do this. Audi, I think Audi's been talking up EVs for a while and has been really slow to deliver. And it's really one of the sluggards. I mean, it's a great big announcement, but like what what time frame are we we talking about? Like, are they really going to do this? Are they going to offer the cars in mass? Or are they going to offer a few hundred, a few, you know, a few thousand maybe? And, you know, they're, they're behind. I mean, BMW announced this like a, a year or two ago that they were going to electrify all of their models. Um, I don't know. I like Audi. I, my first car was an Audi. Uh, and I, re- I really like, like their cars. But I think they're really slow to the electric field. Hopefully this is a sign that they're really ready to jump in. And it's not just like... Well, keep in talk. mind, though, you know... They've already been toying with the idea of the R8 e-tron, the all-electric R8. Um, so they, that's that's something you can now order in very limited numbers. So it's built to order, basically. So they're not going to be on dealership lots. But whatever, they're building it. And they've confirmed that they're building an electric SUV for 2018. So, you know, I agree they're a little bit behind some of the other automakers. But on the other hand, when you look at companies like Ford and Chrysler and, and even... Mercedes, you know, their their electric offerings are far fewer and basically all fall into the compliance field. So, you know, the fact that Audi even wants to offer plug-in hybrid versions of all of the vehicles and they're actually making electric cars, I think that's, you know, I think that's worth, you know, a pat on the back. Maybe not a huge one, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, maybe they were actually just being cautious. They they say that what they're what they learned with the R8 they're going to be applying to these other models. So maybe they just wanted to be really careful with, you know, getting into it. And also, I mean, the fact is the battery technology has improved a lot and it's expected to improve a lot in the next couple of years. We've got big announcements about long-range EVs. They're really getting competitive, uh, even on a, 
even at the at the sticker price, you know, not just the not just the lifetime ownership cost, you know. So maybe it's saying, okay, now's the time. Let's jump in. We've got things under control. We we've, we understand this technology well now. Let's go for it. You know, it, it's a different approach, and maybe this will be actually even more effective than dabbling for a few years. You know, not so not so carefully. I agree. And, you know, sometimes these things just take time to roll out. You know, you're talking about a very conservative, traditional industry. You know, this is a major, this is a major shift to electrification. Like, and even though you and I get that it makes sense, you're trying to convince people, you know, old enough to be our grandfathers that this makes sense. And we, you know, that's not always an easy thing to do. Definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely. And, I saw really interesting, I wasn't going to bring this up, but it just hit me. I saw really interesting uh, research pr pr presented at EVS 27 in Barcelona that was basically showing that automakers went really, really dove into electric vehicles when leadership changed, when core leadership changed. And then when the you know people came in, uh, were more into the, the next generation of vehicles, basically. Yeah, we, we, they saw this with BMW, with Volkswagen, with several companies time and time again. That it was right after leadership change that they got serious about EVs. So maybe this is partly partly to do with it at some point too. Um, but yeah, let's move on. I, if I'm, ha I'll, I'll be very happy if my next car is a great electric Audi. So hopefully, hopefully they will really follow through. Well, and now on. thanks to uh, Tesla's CPO program, though, it may be a Tesla. Yeah, I think it's more likely to be a Tesla. <laughs> so, so for people who don't know what CPO stands for, it stands for Certified Pre-Owned. And that's basically automakers' way of selling you their used cars. And Tesla has been talking about, I believe it was in the fall, they, they uh, started talking about launching their own CPO program. And now what we're seeing is the first, um, the first cars are starting to be sold through that very quietly through select locations. There hasn't been an official announcement yet, but uh, there was a post on the Tesla Motors forum or Tesla Motors Club forums about it. Guy posted like all his, uh, all the paperwork they gave him to show well, him. I, what his I love how you started off when you wrote about it. I love how you, what, how you set the stage there. He initially posted not really realizing how big of a deal it was. Right. He didn't even seem to realize, like, the guy that posted initially, like, that he had bought a CPO Tesla and that they weren't even doing this yet. Yeah. So that, that's that's sort of funny, but it's also, you know, I think I think a lot of people don't realize how big this is. This is a big deal. If And this might be the, this might be that secret weapon that Elon was talking about against dealers, you know, that we were, that we were talking about before. Because uh, this, I mean, well, talk about the implications of this, you know, for the dealership model. Well, I mean, it's, it's I think this is going to see, you know, Elon doesn't want to franchise Tesla dealerships. He wants to sell the cars himself. And what I think we're going to start seeing is actually start seeing real Tesla dealerships, not just galleries, not just service centers, but you walk into the store and there are actually certified pre-owned Teslas on the floor that you could actually buy that day. Because, you know, right now, like, I know they're pro production constrained and all, but they need to keep making money. And, you know, the Model S launched in, in 2012. So what we have here is, you know, it's three years. So those first three-year leases are going to start coming up and Tesla's going to have all these cars all of a sudden that they need to get rid of. So that's why we have this certified pre-owned program. And, you know, just just to keep, give our listeners an idea of, you know, how much money this is going to cost, like, uh, 
the guy who posted to uh, the Tesla Motors Club, he paid $75,000 for a 85-kilowatt Model S, pretty much fully loaded. That car was about $100,000 brand new off, off the of Tesla. So, it's, yeah. you know. I mean... I mean, there's a there, there are a few things here. I mean, a large portion of the population buys only buys used cars. You know, a lot of people won't buy new. You just you get a much better deal on used cars. So this opens up a big segment of the market. And even if you know seventy five thousand is still a lot of money, this is someone who might not be willing to put a hundred thousand into a car. And then some of those seventy five thousand dollar cars are going to be worth a lot less. The guy said he got a better deal from Tesla than he would have got from the dealer. So, uh, you know, Tesla obviously has got to make money on it, but they're still offering a better deal than, than is out there. So this is, this is really going to open up the market to a lot more people. And yeah, it allows Tesla to, to make money without having to produce uh, more cars. Yeah, exactly. And that's why it's such a big deal. It, it basically is a way for them to add money to their bottom line while being production constrained. And I mean, like you said, it's going to be a, a different situation. When, when you've got the possibility of test driving and ordering a Model X, a Model S, buying a used Model S. This is really, I mean, this is turning into a different situation than, than what we've had, where you just go into the gallery, you maybe test drive a Model S, and you order it waiting months maybe to get it. I believe right now the wait period is uh, for the top of the line. Model S, the P85D, it's like two or three weeks, but um, a regular car is going to cost you about, or it's going to take about two to three months. Yeah, and uh, you know that that two to three weeks for a P85D sort of indicates too that Tesla might need to finally jack up demand a bit. And Elon hinted at that. He said by the you know through the end of the year they don't there's supply constrained, but they might need to really start uh, incent, you know getting getting demand up maybe. Well, Actually, just on that point, just to deviate a little bit, one of the, I read a very interesting article yesterday that said uh, part of the reason why they're cranking out the P85D so fast is a lot of Chinese customers canceled their initial orders before Tes like after Tesla had built the cars, but before they delivered them, because there was like a transit, there was a ship going over there right during the uh, announcement. So what happened is you had like thousands of Chinese customers all of a sudden canceled their orders and ordered the P85D, but Tesla didn't collect their deposit for the initial car because that's it's something about the way the Chinese culture works. Like they weren't going to be able to collect it without creating a big stink. So I think that actually might have something to do with uh, the rush to build the P85Ds too. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I he's Elon has mentioned that they saw. That, well, he said, you know, it's really hard to estimate how much demand you're going to have for a new product. And, you know, they, they tried hard, but it was hard to do with the P85D. And he said that they ended up with a lot more demand for it than they anticipated. So definitely a lot of, you know, a lot of people who wanted a, a top-of-the-line Model S and who owned a top-of-the-line Model S decided to go for the P85D. So... Uh, it must be must be a lot of fun trying to navigate this market. Yeah, I mean, it, there's a lot going on right now with Tesla, as usual. And, you know, I think we're going to see some interesting things this summer, not in just the Model X. Join us next week to get your electric fix. I'm Chris DeMauro. And I'm Zachary Shahan. Thanks for joining us.